The Money Show. Shapeshifters. 24 minutes till the top of the hour then as we get into the last half hour we have our shapeshifter feature of course on this uh, wednesday evening mazibuko motors is founded and uh, currently owned of course and uh, run by Ntlantla mazibuko who is the ceo then at the mazibuko motor company and we thought we'd get into what exactly the company does how we thought about starting the company and how it's not just your everyday average motor company either and Tlantla Mazibuko joins us on the line now this evening and Tlantla, thank you so much for the time really appreciate it you're a homegrown innovator you aim to kickstart Africa's electric vehicle revolution why um hi thank you for having me I think the pleasure is really mine uh I think the problem is is climate change you know climate change is something that's Asian it's not something of tomorrow mm or of the future it's something that we need to solve today and africa has been moving very slowly you know we're so focused on internal combustion engine cars so i felt like someone had to do it we needed to act now not tomorrow so i guess yeah that's why we're here now you also managed then to design africa's first battery electric pickup bucky I mean, the thought process behind that, yes, you speak about uh, climate change and, and in, you know, how the environment is something to obviously be taken note of, but to create that and then to go into a sphere that, for the most part, is really unknown. What drove that notion? Um, I think it was not easy. I mean, it was very scary because no one wakes up and just decides to start a car company. Maybe an app, yes, but this was not easy. But like I said, it was just a frustration of how slow we were moving. And I remember back in 2016 when the Tesla Model 3 was launched and then Elon Musk promised to bring it to South Africa. Then three years later, it was still not here. So that frustration grew. And I guess from lab, I was like, you know what, let me try and see how possible is this. So from there, I just started reading as much as I can and researching the space and I decided to go for it. And in going for it, of course, people always say that one of the first things anyone needs, particularly as an entrepreneur, is financing, right? And and how to get into yeah. those spaces, the people you know, etc. How did you ensure you, you got to that? Was it the education you had sought at the time? Was there a particular industry you were in at the time, what you studied, etc.? Were all those elements combined to bring you here? Um, I'd say yes and no, because in terms of funding, like even right now, we're only starting now to accept outside money. Like the entire time we've been self-funded from everything that we've done now, our entire research, building up our own IP and all of that stuff. We've been self-funded and doing it on our own. And then we felt like now we're at the right stage because we've only at the concept stage and we want to start prototyping. So we felt like now it's at the right time to actually go out and raise some funds. And, and were you able to, to garner the kind of interest you thought you would? Because one can imagine that finances have been tight for the most part. And this is a, a still, I supp- in some respects, a far-fetched idea, right? It's still not something people think about too much. They think, yeah, fine, we could get to electric vehicles, but it would be so difficult in South Africa considering things like power constraints, where exactly you'd put up the infrastructure. So surely there must have been a lot of question marks around how viable this idea is. Yeah, I think starting off, that was one of the scary things about it. You know, we're wondering where would we get the funding and if the interest would be there. But since we launched in early March, the 2nd of March, 
at the e-mobility conference of south africa interest is just blown out of proportion i mean now i'm talking to you so even not only with the media investors are coming to us we're having early talks and very promising and a lot of them you know they seem interested they understand the space they've seen what has happened in the us europe and china i mean last year during the the pandemic we saw car sales going down but evs were actually up and they were record selling you know so i think investors actually have knowledge of the space they're not scared to come in and say okay let's sit down and talk how far away then is south africa particularly and even the continent i suppose from being electric vehicle ready i'd say the rest of the continent still has a ways back to go you know but south africa i don't think we're that far i mean we have around 250 electric charges spread out across the country. We do have a number of EVs and the infrastructure and the manufacturing of vehicles in South Africa is one of the most advanced in the world. So that gives us at least a push in to say, okay, we can actually transition much easier. Plus, we also have raw materials and other things. So I don't think that we that far. Yeah. Trying to rope in people that believed in your dream with you. How difficult was that? Because... I, one can imagine that even if it was 2016 or, you know, that some people would have thought, sure, this guy has a far-fetched idea. And now to be part of this means that I need to believe in what could be a very, a very difficult dream to, to believe in. I mean, just look at the kind of companies that are already trying to get into this electrical vehicle space and perhaps aren't doing too well at it. I mean, Apple gave up the chance to join uh, Tesla or Elon Musk a while ago, right, to to say, yeah, yeah. we could get into the space. So I, I can imagine that perhaps you suffered or, or saw a similar notion. Um, With regards to the team that we have right now, I'd, I'd say no. I mean, I've, I've talked to a couple of my friends who are actually in, uh, engineers, mechanical engineers and electrical engineers that I've known from my days in varsity. So some of them just picked up very immediately. These are people who are passionate about tech, about the future. So they picked it up immediately. And those who didn't or couldn't see the vision, then I left them out. Because the vision of what we're trying to do is the most important thing. And that's what you want in your team. You want people who share the same vision. Then you know that because you're taking up a very mammoth task. So it can get very difficult. And if those people don't share or align the same goals, then it becomes a problem. But early on, I think last year, actually, that's when I started recruiting people and it was just from the get-go they got it so were you were you pretty much on your own for the most part until last year yeah but i only started late 2019 late 2019 i think my other startup was not going the way i thought it would so i was going through this depression i'm approaching my 30s and i'm like what am i doing with my life this company that i started first Mm. is not going the direction that i thought so what's next you know and I was just, apart from that, I was just venting to my friend about that. And I was venting about electric cars and climate change. You know, I just felt like the world is ending. And he was like, maybe you should start this car company. And why don't you start an electric car company? I was like, yeah, I can start a company to do websites and apps, but you don't just start an electric car company. But from then, the idea really stuck in my head, like 2019. So I started reading up on it, like, okay, what goes into a car? How can you do it? And the industry itself. And then a couple of months later, I really got into it, looked into design, started learning all of those things. And I think six months later, that's when I was like, okay, I'm going to start telling people about it. This is what I'm doing. Started recruiting and then registering company. And I've been running ever since. If we talk about you, I mean, the passion for this must must have come from somewhere. I mean, you, you had the notion of even wanting to be a civil engineer, I see. 
Yeah, I, I did. I did. I think straight out of high school, I, I, I didn't know what I wanted to do, but I was just like, let me just go in engineering. I think I love that stuff. So I got into civil engineering, studied a couple of years. Then I couldn't pay for my fees. So I was like, okay, let me try and get a job. I got a job. First-hand experience, I was a site, uh, site agent on Bronx Braid. Then from there, I got feel a civil engineer. I'm like, you know, I, I love engineering, but not this kind. You know, this is not for me. It's low-paced. It's, it's the same, basically, you know, and it's been like this for hundreds of years. I need something that's innovative and that pushes the world forward. So I quit my job and I just gave up civil engineering. I was like, okay, I'll see what I'm doing. Then I started my first company. It was in 2016, yeah, 2015-2016. Started my first company and then that ended in 2019. That's when I started this. Sure. It, it really is a story as well of somebody who took a chance, right? And yes, fine, you decided to take that chance uh, while you're young, but it's still about taking that chance nonetheless while you have the time, while you have the ability, make use of it as yeah. best as you possibly can. And Tatla, stay on the line with us, please. We're going to continue this conversation. Still so much more I'd like to really unpack with you. Uh, the founder and CEO at Mazibuko Motor Company, the electric vehicle space and the revolution that he is trying to kickstart in Africa and make sure that not just South Africa, but the rest of the continent really feels it. Uh, he, he also designed Africa's first battery electric pickup bucky. I, I urge you to go on the lookout for that and actually see what it looks like. So, so interesting. We do have the Mazibuko M1B South Africa. We can say to ourselves, we are starting and trying to get into that electrical vehicle space. And this is one way we're doing it. We'll chat to Ntlantla Mazibuko right after this. The Money Show. Shapeshifters. We're still joined on the line by Ntlantla Mazibuko, the founder and CEO at Mazibuko Motor Company as we talk electric vehicles and his startup here in our shapeshifter conversation. Now, you're based in the Val then, Ntlantla, and one can, can certainly imagine it's, it's not as if you had been fully exposed to, uh, one could say, the central Johannesburg life, if you want to call it that, because uh, some may say the, the lights of Joburg become, to, become an inspiration of sorts and you, and you dream big because of it. W- was that really the reason or was there perhaps a little bit more? I mean, family getting involved in this, in this conversation as well. How much impact did they have? Um, I don't know. I think it's kind of weird. I don't know how to explain it, but I guess I've always had the thing, the drive to just to do more and be more. I mean, I, I grew up in Val. I went to a primary school where for the first, I think, up until grade four, we were actually studying in a shack and we were sharing it. It was divided into four classes, sure. all in one shack. And sure. then they built a high school. A high school yeah, was still like us. It was two minutes away from my house. You know, I think I only got exposed to nice or better learning when I went to Evercity, which was a UJ in Joburg. Then that was the first time when I really got exposed to better learning and that. But I'm really just a guy from a guy who, who loves to dream and do things. Yeah, you, uh, as, they, as they would say, a, a big, big dreamer is, is in Mazibuko. So taking that dream and saying to yourself, as in, it's time to actually get this going. You said this in 2019 and said to yourself, it's time to not just read the books and hear about people like Elon Musk, but it's time for South Africa to get into the clean energy space and get that electric uh, vehicle space up and running. Now, the industry itself must be one that is very difficult to enter into because 
there could be gatekeepers. There could be people that are sitting there saying, but this is our uh, industry and we're the ones that are going to try and revolutionize it. Do you feel like there was that sense? There was a sense of uh, people keeping you out of it for some time? Yeah, yeah, definitely. I think but uh, when you talk about the automotive industry, you're talking billions and billions of dollars, you know, so there will always be resistance and you have these old people who've always been in this industry. They don't want change. They want things to remain the same. They want to keep their margins and the market size that they have, you know, but it doesn't matter. I mean, if you're really going for a task of this proportions, you have to push yourself over it and say, okay, fine, there's difficulties, but it doesn't matter. I'm going to push over it, you know. I think even when Tesla came out first, there was some pushback, but they still pushed over it. So even with us locally, and I think because we are taking a lot of things, I mean, even from the petrol side, the government has a lot of levies on that end. So at some point they will push back on that, you know, and then you have these guys, the big car companies have always had market share and they're very comfortable in how they do things. So they'll also push back on that. So, and it's really not easy. But once you prepare yourself mentally to say, okay, this is what I'm doing and this thing is big, then you you don't mind that you don't care about it. You just keep focused and look forward and keep pushing. Yeah, your your push here is, is one, uh, you know, that has to be revered immensely because, as you noted, the industry can be quite tough and creating a scalable business that people can follow and actually look towards in the space um, is going to be and is definitely one that is very difficult. All right, let's get a little bit into the business again then, if you, if, if you will. Um, charging your electric vehicle has always been a question mark for me. You know, it's about building the infrastructure to create an environment that is ready enabled for uh, electric vehicles and the like. Um, do you find that we're, we're getting that right? We're beginning to, to try and do that a little bit more? Yeah, definitely. I mean, South Africa right now has around 2,000 electric cars and half of that is not even like full electric. Some of them, they are hybrids, but we have around 250 commercial charging stations. And with us as a company, we're also looking to have strategic partnerships with companies that can help us roll out charging stations in specific places. We're looking at malls, we're looking at gyms so that when you go into a gym, you can work out, you're charging your car, you move out, and then start. But in terms of charging, there's also another option. You can charge at home. I mean, yes, South Africa has a problem with load shedding right now where power gets constrained, but most of that, it's during peak times, let's say between 5 to 9. So, you know, we would actually say, okay, listen, charge your car at home and probably charge it at night from 11 until 4 a.m. So then you get a full bit overnight when the grid is not overloaded, plus the price is actually lower. So there's actually a lot of options around that, but we definitely look into all our charging stations. Do you find that you you have to tackle regulation a lot in this space? Because, of course, once um, you know the likes of uh, those in charge get a wind of this, the regulations could change when it comes to pricing of electricity. We're already seeing it when it comes to people who have solar panels in their homes, for example. ESCOM looking to uh, charge you more for whenever you may need it in peak hours and uh, for the time that you don't actually need it and when you're selling back to them, that they actually just buy it at a much lesser price from you. So are you are you perhaps looking at that and saying to yourselves, the industry may be tough, but it's going to be perhaps very different when government decides to change some regulations. Yeah, I think right now it, it is tough in how it's set up. 
but there are people within government who who do want to see the change. I mean, on Monday, I was on a call with people from ESCOM. They're very excited about it. And they're also looking to forward for a change. They're looking forward to go to clean energy. So they're looking at our company and our project and one of the people that they can work with. So I think there are gatekeepers who are trying to keep things the same. But within the same organizations, there are people who actually want to see change move forward. Yeah, and, and that's going to be very important because that change needs to happen. There needs to be some sort of way to actually get things uh, moving ahead uh, for, for, for so many people who are trying to look for alternatives, right, and are trying to, to find a way. Has, has solar energy become, a, you know, an element that you could use within your electric vehicle stations, for example? Is that how you would power it, or would it really just need to be through a plug socket that would work through ESCOM? Um, we're looking at both. We're looking at both. We want to sort of subsidize using ESCOM, but also at our public stations, some of them we want to use solar panels so that we can use that energy to charge our cars. I mean, we don't want to say our cars are clean, they don't have any emissions, but at the same time, we're using uh, power from ESCOM, which actually uses coal. So we actually want to help with that shift away to say, okay, it's clean energy from how it's produced to the car itself and when it drives. So we're definitely looking at that. Right now in our company, we're also working on home installations for solars and batteries so that you can have an an entire ecosystem where you can be almost off-grid. And and being off grid is is really the big thing, I suppose. Now it's the it's the element that everyone is looking towards because it is ultimately needed and very necessary. And Tata, let's talk very quickly then just about where to from here for not just Mazibuka Motor Company, but even for you. Uh, you know what what are the biggest challenges you're facing right now, uh, and what's next? Um, I think one of the biggest challenges is really just funny right now we were lucky to find very good strategic partnerships people who actually know the industry very well and who manufacture for other people that we're looking to work with so that's the next step but right now in the near future we just want to close our funding round and hopefully by the end of this year or early next year have our prototype start testing out and getting ready for production well, I, of, oh yeah, I, yeah, I might add, in terms of production, we're looking at late 2023, early 2024. So it's going to be quite some time before we see the car on our roads. Add me to the list. I'm very interested to take a look, listen, uh, see, uh, even test drive maybe. Who knows? One of those electric yeah, vehicles in the end. Mazibuko Motor Company's founder and CEO, Ntlantla Mazibuko. I'm absolutely um, excited about this, to say the very least. A shapeshifter indeed. The story tells you just how uh, there's potential. There's potential everywhere, in every instance, right? Just how to get into the electric vehicle revolution. Our very own Elon Musk may have left us, but Ntlantlamazibuko is willing to take the fight on and keep on fighting the electric fight here at home. And he's our this evening's shapeshifter.